All right, y'all. All right. So welcome to another episode of The Full Set. I am your host, Sex with the Most Sex. I'm Didi Delgado, and I am here with my esteemed colleague, the Hood Rat Feminist, aka Tazneem. Tazneem, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Thank you for having me. You feeling good? Like on a scale of one to 10, what is what is what is this corona uh coronavirus covid-19 pandemic pussy pop versus i don't what's happening here i don't I know i probably i feel like a yeah. 7 cuz i'm optimistic i'm i'm okay. very i'm feeling very positive about niggas in the streets the uprising like i feel like everybody is beginning to catch up where we've been you know i'm starting to like i'm like okay so people are just black now you know we've been here <laughs> no but, no uh, well, okay you know so all right we're gonna get into all that i'm so like you know I, I can't this is like episode like 47 at this point and niggas still don't know we don't play on the show so it's just gonna happen that black folks get together and it's all love is all beautiful um egypt is over there it is what it is so um i'm gonna go through your bio because i want people to know like what uh draw drew me to you um and so I think that that's good for me to share. And then we'll go from there. So for folks who are just joining, um, I am sitting today with Tazneem Nathari, um, pronoun she, her, also known as hood rap feminist. Ew. Um, Tazneem is a hip hop head and R&B diva enthusiast and, and multimedia artist from East Orange, New Jersey. Is there like a woot woot? Like what do y'all do in East Orange? Uh, you're... Yeah, <laughs> you a bird. Tazneem <laughs> uh, started her Hood Rat Feminist Facebook and at Hood Rat Feminist Instagram account while taking a womanist Black feminist theater course at her university taught by Emily Noel Golden. She had taken feminist courses before, but those courses had focused mainly on the experiences of cisgender, heterosexual, white women, not taking the experiences of women, femmes, and non-binary folks who exist on the margins into account. So in an attempt to make feminism more accessible, Tasneem took to the internet, probably to violate some community standards. In addition, oh to, growing, <laughs> in addition to growing an internet following, Tasneem creates music. She co-directed a film titled Mommy Never Told Me, which discusses how black women are introduced to love and sex, how that introduction sets the framework for their experiences thereafter, she also hosts a podcast, The Pleasure Pusher, with Mahogany Brown, all while continuing to be a student of Black feminist thought. Thank you. Um, Tazneem, welcome to the full set. I appreciate it. Can you actually please not touch my things while I'm on the camera? <laughs> um, so don't have kids. It's not, it's not the right thing to do, ever. So, Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I just wanted you to turn up your volume a little bit. <laughs> You look so cute when you're like perturbed. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> I think we're good. I think if you could just speak a little bit louder, that's great. Okay, I'll, do it. I'll put my computer closer to me. All right, so cool, cool, cool. So basically, I wanted to get into it. So you said, you know, I've been reading a lot of like threads. And a lot of um, one-off comments, 140 characters or less. That's basically like, 
oh, where the fuck y'all niggas been? <laughs> like, you know, and so like, what do you think is the complexity um, between being someone who has been involved in, in, in Black feminist theory and and even not just the Black feminist theory, come on, you know, Hoteps have kind of been here too. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, why do you think it's taking niggas so long to catch up to where we at? Um, I honestly think it's been denial. And I think respectability politics plays like a big role. People really think like, I can go and get educated. I can get a job. I can move to a certain neighborhood and act a certain way. And that'll exclude me from the treatment of people who are lesser, people who aren't good, people who aren't educated. And I think people are finally realizing that that is not true at all. You can have all the titles, all the degrees, and right. you still can be treated like shit in this country, in the world over, you know? So you're like, when people say that they pulled them out by, pulled themselves up by the bootstraps or that hard work got them to where they are, your response is, that's not true. You can, be <laughs> you can be privileged just like anyone else. We all come from some from different backgrounds. So our privileges are what allow us to do certain things. So you may have been able to go to college. Maybe a teacher took an interest in you. Maybe, right. you know, like in my case, my grandmother and my mother put money aside from before I was born for me to be able to go to school like that is a privilege and I understand that although I'm black I'm a woman like I'm like triggered I'm like black privilege <laughs> right even though I am black I'm woman I'm queer I still had the privilege to be formally educated so I think that's a big part of it and you know and I think people are honestly just doing like this you know it's just like what happens to me what happens to my family what happens right. to people i love and now we're seeing more and more people be affected by the systems at large i appreciate you say that because um um do you mind me asking what school you graduated and which and what's your um let me think of the words what's your major I went to the new school, well, the College of Performing Arts at the new school. It's a huge- That's how you ran into DJ KK. Shout out, gang gang. <laughs> I went there um, to the new school for drama specifically. I studied dramatic arts, which was acting, directing, playwriting. So I used to go to class and talk about how I feel. Like every, you know, Monday to Friday, we would be in class like, let's check in, you know? So I was in these safe spaces, you know? It was right. my time. I grew up in the hood of Jersey. Like I had never, said my pronouns when I first come into a room. Like I never had conversations about wellness and drinking green juices before class. Right. Like, that was new for me. Right. Coming to CWI. And so because I commuted to school, I was like taking the bus from my house to Penn Station, like literally seeing my neighborhood, <laughs> my neighborhood through like an outside lens, which was crazy. Like I never thought I would feel that way. I was taking buses that I had been taking my whole life and starting to see things a different way. Like I started to, you know, realize like environmental racism. Like I started to see like how we had corner stores and liquor stores on every corner. And then I right. would off the train in the West Village and it would be totally different. Like access to just fresh food and just things that I had never seen. You were like, and do you feel like, and you could be honest, cause I, I'll be honest, whatever. First of all, I just can't keep, I can't stop showing off my full set on a full set because I started the show when I had no full set and now I got my entire life together. So I'm just going to be up here the entire time. I'm just going to be up here. Um, so I think about like all the time I lived in the city for 10 years. Right. Um, and I think about all the times that I was like, Oh, 
like even though I'm born and raised in the bricks and like I lived there until 2006 like I felt like going to certain places upper east side upper west side like you know what I'm saying like um no ho like you know all these shits or whatever and I was like I shot for soap uh north of Houston street like you know what I'm saying like it's like it, I feel like it's definitely because we feel like we grew up without shit like you know what I'm saying so to see all these white people with shit it feels like I could do that like you know yeah and one of my best friends used to like to hang out with like rich white girls and he would invite me like oh, we're going to watch the MTV Awards at so-and-so's right. house. And I'll come through like, what the hell? Like, you know, like- <laughs> What in the mess there? Bottles of rose just randomly in the fridge. You know, it's just real abundance that I had never seen like right. in person, you know? Right. So for me to experience that, I was like, oh, okay. So life is really different for, for people. Like you really start to put things into perspective. Like, yo. Okay. Thank you for saying that. My experience with wealth growing up was school shopping like you know I, I know a, not, a lot of look a lot not a lot of niggas talk about school shopping but you couldn't tell me nothing I made my own list because I knew my mom was I don't know how she got the money still to this day never knew how she got the money but I knew that there was an amassed protest happening in order for all three of us to get all the school supplies all the school clothes our shit was laid out for the week I, I, and I felt my mom has three. Oh, your mother has three children too. Are you? Where do you fit in? I'm in the middle. Okay, all right, middle child. All right, got the most attention, middle child. Okay, all right, the favorite middle child. I demanded it. I was like the favorite middle child. Okay, shout out to my sister Jocelyn. So, anyways, no, nah, but I think about that. It's like you know when you grow up you know, obviously our families were full of like richness in other ways, but when you grow up in poverty, like, you know, it's just a wild, it's just a wild stark difference. So I appreciate you saying that. Like, you know, I heard this girl today talking about, um, let's go to a mansion party. And I was like, super judgmental. I was like, there's a pandemic outside, you know? Did you want to say hi so you can feel seen? Hi. Yeah, she doesn't want to say hi anymore. So anyways, there's that in a bag of chips. So I want to talk to you about deciding to go to college. Like, what's up? Like, what made you feel like I'm a girl from East Orange, you know? Shout out to Simone Gordon. I'm a girl from East Orange, and I'm going to go to the new school. Ooh, okay. So <laughs> the college story is so dramatic. Like, I went to performing arts school. I went to a school in East Orange, and this is one thing I love about East Orange most of our schools are named after black women. So my high school was Cicely Tyson. My elementary school was Dionne Warwick. There was a Whitney Houston, you know, like all of these schools. So I went to Cicely Tyson and I was originally like, I'm gonna go study political science. And I got into Spelman. So Cicely Tyson actually like- You got into Spelman? Yeah, I got into Spelman. Okay. And that's where I was going. Like, I was going to Spelman. I was like, I was steadfast. My boyfriend at the time was so mad at me. Like, you gonna go to Atlanta and leave me? Like, all this stuff. So, because I started to hesitate, you know, I started thinking like, well, I want to be an actor. So, I need to go to New York. You know, I started being all dramatic. So, they had Cicely Tyson call me on the phone. So, I'm on the phone with Cicely Tyson and she's like... She just called you? Yes, they called, they made me come to the main office. Like I had to sit in the principal's office all by myself, like picking up the phone all dramatic, like, hello, you know, it's Cicely Tyson. And she's like, congratulations. Um, 
you got into Spelman. We were waiting for someone to go to Spelman to have the grades to be able to do so. Wow. So we're going to make it so that you have full financial aid, right? So I got the letter and then she was asking me other questions like, why do you want to be an actress and all that stuff? And I was telling her like, oh, you know, I want to tell stories and reflect truth. You know, I was dramatic. I was a senior. And I got my letter finally, like my financial aid. I was dramatic. I was a senior. (laughs) And I got all loans, like not one scholarship in sight. So my mom is calling her assistant. Like, can we get her any more aid? Like she got into all these schools. She, she cannot spend $40,000 a year, you know, all loans. Like we just cannot do that. It would set her back in her life. And right after my audition, it gave me a 40% scholarship based off my audition alone. Well, when you say audition, I know your ass is performative and or whatever, whatever (laughs) the young artists are. No, I'm old as shit. Um, But what what did you do for your entrance? Like what? So I had is it an entrance or application? It's a you do an application and then you also have an audition. So you have to get in academically and you have to get in the art. So I auditioned with a monologue from Itasaki Shange's for Color Girls. Yes. And we only had a minute. Which one? So I did Lady in Red, like the final okay. monologue with the yeah. kids. You know, it's just like super, just, yeah. Ooh, I got <laughs> goosebumps on my knees. Okay. So I did that monologue. Then I ended up getting into that school. And they called me. I auditioned on Saturday. They called me on Monday. Like, you're in. We're going to give you 40% scholarship. And at the time, like, my father's on disability. So he was able to use his income for me to go to school and only have to pay like $5,000 a semester, like out of pocket. And my grandmother and my mother had already saved money. So that was the more financially responsible thing for me to do. Of course, now in all my black feminist theory, I was like, ah, I shouldn't went to Spelman, but I learned so much at the new school. And so that was a big choice. It was just like, I get to be in New York, I get to do art and I'm going there for relatively I, I can't even say cheap, but like inexpensive, less expensive. Because I can't say cheap because the shit costs money. But okay, that's a dope story. Like not a lot of people would walk away from that opportunity. And I appreciate you were like nuanced about it. You're like, okay, there's a small thing of regret because like blackness and like the yeah. epitome of like intellectual blackness and what that looks like, whatever. But um, I think that that's dope. Have you been invited back to the new school for any sort of like, speaking engagement because I also too have felt like I've seen you before I don't really talk to them too much like you don't like them well one of my classmates (laughs) shouted me out on Instagram the other day like accounts to follow you know everybody was doing that so now all my new school classmates were like follow me I was like ah shit like even my former advisor just followed me so I was like maybe soon because they've been sending me the emails like let us know what you're doing let us know what you're doing and I just right okay because I didn't feel like I was supported the way I would have liked to have been. Um, I was just doing my own thing. Like, Black women really lifted me up while I was at the new school. Like, all of my Black women professors really held me. Um, and so that's why, like, I really respect them. Like, I always mention Ebony Noel Golden of Betty's uh, Daughters Arts Collaborative. See that you put it in your bio. So always. I always make sure to read people bio because I feel like y'all niggas read, wrote it for some reason. Yeah, always. I always like have to speak on her name because she's still out in the streets doing the work. And she was the first person to tell me like, you need to be more thorough. Like you need to get more radical. You need to focus. 
And then I was taking narratives of black women. So I was like reading all these books all at one time. This is all one semester. And I was being like overloaded with all this information. What's your sign? I'm a Libra. Mm, come on, balance. <laughs> like, look, it's me <laughs> on my arm and shit. <laughs> okay. Um, that's my that's my moon. What's your sign? I'm I'm a Pisces. A Pisces. I love Pisces. I know. We're so fucking lovable. <laughs> I can't stand it here. I actually I don't go to the school anymore. That's fine. So <laughs> um something I had wanted to talk to you about I came across when I first was introduced to you I it was like a year and a half ago and you know I was aware um but I was like I didn't I was like I don't understand I was like she's a hood rat and a feminist and in my mind I was like you gotta be one or the other I was like it doesn't make sense can't nobody be like me like you know what I'm saying and then Mickey Kendall came and prove me wrong and then other dope amazing black women (laughs) prove me wrong but shout out to Leandra Baker and by Angelo so you know like all these like amazing women across the country are now saying like respectability is dead or whatever and this is our narrative or whatever so why do you think that they're in in the age of black lives mattering now why do you think that like people are starting to acknowledge that respectability has been a huge issue for us um i honestly think that i remember a couple years ago right when henry lewis gates jr um pulled up cambridge pulled up to his house and he got like handcuffed and everything because they didn't believe that he lived there and this is someone who's like a scholar of our community like someone that nigga's on pbs right right nothing like like, once we started to see things like that happen again and again the same thing happened to ti like this is a celebrity so when this starts to happen to people who have this status who have this money then everybody else is like oh shit like it's happening to the rich niggas it's happening to the smart niggas like i'm not exempt no one is exempt and you realize like nothing you do can protect you so let's really get to the root let's get to the nitty-gritty of what's going on like this is systemic it has nothing to do with individual people people are not poor because they want to be poor you know so i really just right that's that's what i'm focusing on like welcome now y'all are you know welcome but don't try to take the mic like niggas ain't been here you know there are organizers on the ground and i was just talking about this like there are people who have been doing this work but now so many people are feeling like hopeless or people are feeling like i don't know what to do and so they're doing a lot of random stuff instead of tuning in to what's already going on you're like can y'all niggas take a beat just like one little second people are like i'm raising money and it's going here you know you need to do this here's what you should do and then don't know what to do with it when they get it exactly it's just like you give it away to the most marginalized folk nigga yes like people aren't looking beyond their left and their right like their direct left and right like your community there are people literally probably in your community a couple miles away from you who are doing this work they have the infrastructure they just don't have the support the financial support they don't have the like the buildings and everything so let's allocate the resources to the people who already know what they're doing thank you i wanted to ask you how old you are not that it's pre-indicative is that the word probably um of the question i'm about to ask but i wanted to ask how old you are because people have accused me of 
uh, not inviting youth to the show, even though I'm like, I'd be inviting youth, but niggas don't want to sit with me. They were like, for I'm what? 23. <laughs> You're 23. Okay. Thank you. You made the cut. <laughs> um, there's that. The, the question I have to ask you is, you know, you're a hip hop head or whatever. Which era of hip hop do you fuck with the most? Like what's what's clear, clearly going to be some bangers? Um, for me, it would honestly have to be like the neo soul era of hip hop. Um, <laughs> and I found hip hop on my own, like because I am a child of the internet. I was raised on MySpace, Facebook. When you say neo soul, are you talking about Slum Village? Please don't. No, I'm I'm more talking about like Talib Kweli. Okay, Mose, oh, like, I'll allow it. <laughs> that's what my mother grew us up on, right? Okay. And then I started to find my own music. Like I would go on YouTube and type in like nasty songs. Like literally, like that's what I would type in. Example. Like Trina's look back at me. Like Damn. I started into that kind of music, and then I would listen to this station on Pandora. I had to be no older than like eleven. It was right. called My Back, My Back, Lick It Radio. So that's how I started to find, like, the nastiest hip-hop. <laughs> and that was, like, my introduction. So then I had to really get thorough, and I started to read books about hip-hop, like, really get into, like, the history. I'm a big Lauryn Hill fan. I'm a huge Nicki Minaj fan, right? But... She has let me down. She's I'm going to let you go. I'm going I'm to I'm be Kanye. Go ahead, Taylor. <laughs> a lot of people, like, they don't know that I'm such a huge Nicki Minaj fan because of, I just, I've had to separate myself from her over the years. But growing up, Nicki is one of the people who taught me that I could get anything I want. Like, I deserve to be here. Like, I deserve a spot in the world. And she really inspired me to just do my best and, like, to beat all odds and so to see her end up where she is now is very disappointing to me but I was a little Kim fan before I was where is she now she married to this you know trigger warning this rapist she Mm -hmm. just you know supported her brother who you know has really been like convicted right for rape like there are just certain things that I just cannot support I think she's a clown what do we do about that? I mean, like, is it the responsibility? You know, we tell white people all the time, it's, it's y'all. Yeah, this is this problem is amongst y'all. That's your own people. So if I look at Nicki Minaj, um, I too am a fan. And I too understand. When people separate from me and they say, I love you, but I can't be around you, I get it. I must be Nicki Minaj in the head. So like, I get it. Um, because I love her so much. Her underground uh, shit when she was with Fendi, like, I, I could quote you every word, every word, every word. Still could, you know, like you be yelling boom, boom, which you really poom, poom. Like, you know what I'm saying? You couldn't tell me nothing. Um, and I was over there on Cathedral. You could, by St. Nick's, you couldn't tell me nothing. Like, you know, um, and so, but now I think about some of the things you said and I'm like, so I saw that she just released um, the Trolls with 6 9 another, another, um, how do I describe six nine? Aside from, I can't get mad at six nine for snitching. I feel like if that nigga had to tell it, he had to tell it all. Come on, sure. What I'm concerned about, like, what I was concerned about is like his conviction. You know, yes, there's this whole, you know, men of color, black men get convicted. He's not black, but get convicted at like he's an, you know, he's Mexican, but get convicted at a higher rate. 
and also if this is the thing you got convicted of i feel some type of way right okay thank you can you guys share can you guys share you can share egypt can sage play with that for a little bit do you want me to take away then you can you guys go share it please this is why I said that I wasn't, I was supposed to be someone's aunt. I don't think I was supposed to get pregnant. It's fine. Um, there's a, just an admission, but no, I appreciate that. Um, I think about when I saw the trolls video yesterday, my cousin was, she's like, my cousin is, is younger than me by at least six years. So she was me trying to like convince me that Nikki's bars was so tight and crisp and look who she just, and this, I said, I don't care. She keeps defending people that are touching children. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so for me, I want to know how do we hold that conference? Do we, do we call this bitch up? Like, do we call her out? Is she listening? I don't know. Yeah. But then like, if you say anything immediately, like you will be attacked by her fans. For some reason they have like Nicki Minaj, like in their searches. Like as soon as you say Nikki, you know, immediately they'll be like, oh, well, you're a hater, stream this, do that, you know, and it's, it's just such, so distracting from the conversation that needs to be had. I would love for her to be like on a panel and then like, we rush in. I'm like, Nikki, we need to talk to you. Here is what we, you know, like I would love that because she couldn't go nowhere. She couldn't run away. She couldn't deflect. She couldn't get defensive. Oh my goodness. Gotta love the internet. Got to love it even when it don't love you. So, okay. So basically, um, I just want to circle back to the question I had just asked you. I know that you have a background in theater and um, April Rain is coming on the show next week. And she has, um, you know, she was creator of the hashtag Oscar So White. What do you feel like black, dark skinned, fat, disabled representation like I feel like you have feelings didn't know if you had feelings but you look like you have feelings can you share with us what it would look like to actually have black representation all black representation you know so um I, I've noticed this like trope and it's, it's I feel like it's kind of new because I studied like you know, the mammy trope, the Jezebel trope, like how we see representation in television and film. But there's this new like fat black friend who tells jokes. Um, and we noticed that I watched High Fidelity with Zoe Kravitz um, on Hulu and her friend, she has no romantic love interest. She gets no full episode that's about her, even though Zoe and the other person, the other co-star gets a full episode dedicated to like their trajectory. Um, right. You know, again and again, like we see, even on that show, um, it's about like a white single mom. It was on Showtime and I really enjoyed the show. And she had a fat black funny friend who was there to support her. And I realized that like, we are starting to get these roles and they're introducing this storyline but it is so like empty the storylines be so like you can tell we didn't write it you can tell there are none of us in the room present when these stories are being told and they kind of just be like all right well you lucky you got the audition you lucky that there's representation on tv y'all need to just chill but no there needs to be a fullness 
we need, I, I just said this to my boyfriend, I was like, I'm gonna write a show that's nothing but fat black women. Like they're going to fuck, they're going to love, they're going to do all of the things. They're going to love on each other. They're going to be queer. They Wait a minute. Are fat. you saying that fat femme identified women or non-men can have sex? Yes. Like that, enjoyable that's sex? Like, yes, yes. Like Wow. <laughs> I feel like Neil deGrasse Tyson right now. <laughs> it just be like, yo, like, I don't understand why again and again. And even if you pay attention to who is popping in Hollywood right now, like I see Tiffany Boone and you see Tessa Mae Thompson, you see Zoe Kravitz, like you see the same type of black woman who gets the roles again and again and again, and there's no queer representation. And then even when you do get queer representation, it's white. So it's just so frustrating. And as much as I feel like you're on the right trajectory, people have joined the second iteration of the show and they're like, Yes, that is beautiful. Please tell us more yes. about our arms and how they jiggle when you want to. I've been fat my whole life. Like, my mother cooked the same thing for me, my brother, and my sister. And I'm the only one who's fat. Like, it had nothing to do with laziness and all these things that people associate with my body like it just is what it is like I'm not gonna starve myself and go to the gym every single day to look right. like someone else this is just what it is and so I think as we continue to build our own table we need the representation and the mic needs to be passed like one person we can't just ask Lena Waithe to write everything you know we can't just be like here yes you know every single time I tell people what I went to school for. They're like, oh, you in Atlanta? You should just go to Tyler Perry Studios. And I'm like, have y'all been listening to me? Like, have right. you, you follow me on Instagram? Because you wouldn't even suggest something like that. Can you, you please give us a breakdown? I feel like we have so much to talk about, but I need the breakdown <laughs> on Tyler Perry from your perspective because yeah. I've been offering my perspective and there's a lot of respectable Black women, especially, I don't really give a fuck about Black men because they get blocked immediately. White men too, if they step out of line, every every single man ever just right. will get blocked. I don't care. I don't have time for it. Um, but there seems to be like this, like, well, I'm not, he's a Black man and I'm not going to critique him. And I'm like, we actually need to critique him harder. He has all of these resources, this big ass studio, and he wants to tell the same story over and over again. There are some older single black women who live alone in my family and in my boyfriend's family who I wouldn't even want to watch Tyler Perry films. Like specifically the last one, A Fall From Grace. Like that is very scary to tell a black woman, an older black woman that she is not lovable. And when she finally, when she finally is engaging in a romantic relationship, this young handsome man is gonna steal all her money and like literally like it just is continuing to perpetuate that unlovable mammy trope that is just so like uh like misogynistic it's, it's horrible I cannot continue to take it in even when you see like all of this I remember on the boondocks boondocks has its own problematic shit but they did a Tyler Perry uh parody i haven't seen like, it i got i gotta pull it up i know it's it an older like, episode but i gotta pull it up it was like oh um the the dark-skinned husband is always a bad man and like treat them bad and here comes this like broke ass uh light-skinned man who's handsome and you know it's like the black woman her standards were too high and as soon as she lowers her standards she finally gets the man who's really gonna love her think about daddy's little girl 
right? Yes. Gets the union. She goes on all these dates. Wasn't Idris Elba fine ass in it? I don't remember the premise of the movie. I just know that Gabrielle Union had to do a lot of fucking labor in order to make everybody happy. Yeah, and then like when you really think about it, my grandmother used to love like all those movies. She loved Diary of a Mad Black Woman, right? But in Daddy's Little Girl specifically, I think it's such a perfect example because he got three kids, a baby mama. She's a lawyer. She can't find anybody on her financial level to date, you know? And then she meets this man. He's a good man. He has this rape case like all of this stuff she has to represent him for free so she's not even getting paid to do the labor she's literally doing labor representing him in the case it's just crazy right about it when you think about everything that he's saying and he's writing these scripts again and again and again that's why i won't watch queen and slim he hates us. He hates black women. I think maybe he's had like a traumatic experience with one auntie or something and he can't have any kind of positive representation because you really see it again and again and again. Even I can do bad all by myself. Like with um Taraji. the lady who do who do the bad hair products. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> with Taraji. No, I wrote her a letter. I said I just don't think that this is for for black women. But it's funny because with, with Taraji's concern, then you it, it, you come to find out that he was the first person to ever pay her a million dollars. So now in Hollywood, you know, she can get a million dollars. And like once you get paid a certain amount, no one can ever pay you less than that. So right, now okay. going forward, she always, so you have respect for him in that, but that does not take away from all the negative that he's doing towards black women, all of the negative stereotypes and the stories that he's perpetuating again and again and again. We can't just right. be like, but look at what he's doing. He has this big studio. No, we need to critique him and he needs to pay attention. He can't just say like, oh, well, what are y'all doing? Well, y'all need to write your own script. Okay, if we have the resources, Mr. Perry, invite us to your studio. <laughs> Mr. Perry. <laughs> Give me the computer and I'll do it. Give right. me the computer and this qualified writer will do it. And this qualified writer and this room of writers We'll right. write. instead of you at your computer writing the scripts with only your voice in your head and you're talking like your grandmother your aunt your sister instead of inviting people to the table and that's the problem that i have with him ew right no i appreciate you saying that um i think about too like how he gets you know like even though people are like oh you know he's got writing credits or whatever he's the person that gets all the credit for it and people like think you're attacking him when you're really just talking about the production itself how it needs more representation like you know um and that's my issue with lena waif um it's not you know it's not the end of the world critique it's just a critique i think that lena waif has brought amazing artistry and there are just some things like i i wish we had the resources i won't come at her but i wish we had the resources to not lend out i didn't want to see queen and slim because it had white directors attached to it and what you know um and i was really sad about that because you know in speaking with a lot of my colleagues to just know that this was supposed to be a black love story which is our transition i don't know if you noticed um do you like that thank you um it was supposed to be a black love story and again this black woman attorney meets this dude on a date does all the labor and then dies at the hand of her pimp ass uncle like you understand like 
it just sounded like a movie I didn't need to waste my time and watch. And everybody was like, I need to see it. And I was like, I'm tired of us being the butt of a joke, you know? Um, so I wanted to ask you like, um, what was your imagination telling you? Um, what was society telling you that love was supposed to be like? And now that you've found it, what is it actually? Are you proud of me for these fucking questions? Bitch, I did it. Some great questions. Um, and it's also like the reason why I made um, the Mommy Never Told Me film with my boyfriend, he's co-director, and my mom is actually executive producer. Um, because I have never in my life, in person, seen a healthy relationship, a healthy romantic relationship. My mother and my father were in a physically and verbally, emotionally abusive relationship for my childhood. Um, and then my mother was in another relationship with someone who was leeching off of her financially. So I would call that a financially abusive relationship. My grandparents were in an abusive relationship and my mother, the, my paternal grandparents and my maternal grandparents, my grandfather died before I was born. So I never got to see it in person. And I started my life out on the defense. Like as soon as I fell in love for the first time, my nose was wide open. I was like, oh, like he's the cat's meow, the sun rises and sets on his ass. But when he broke my heart, I was like, I knew it. You know, How I long was it before the nigga broke your heart? Was it two weeks? Um, I'm going through a two-week period. Like, I was in the eighth grade, so it had to be, like, two months, you know? Like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, them dudes will be like, yeah, like, when I was 14, my heart was broken, like, trust nobody, and they 30. Like, that was me. He got a tattoo. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that was me, because I just knew that he was going to let me down, but I gave him an opportunity to do it. You know, and then even in queer relationships, like I became my exes. Like I started doing dirt. Like I was, I had a girlfriend and I was flirting with, I was on the basketball team. For Congratulations. Like <laughs> You're queer. I love it. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I had a girlfriend. And then I was like messing with all these other girls, like texting them, like kind of becoming like my exes. Like I was mimicking that. Um, and some of my favorite movies are like Love Jones and Brown Sugar, Love and Basketball, like all these black ass love stories. Of course, it's absent of a queer black love story, but that's a whole representation story. But I always wanted that, but I just didn't think it was possible. And so when I first started my Instagram, I started telling all these stories of like things that happened to me, being cheated on, my friends and all this stuff. And everybody was agreeing. Like people in my comments, like, I thought I was the only one, like I'm losing hope in love. And I got with my partner that I went now, who we made the film together and everything. And we have had to work so hard on our relationship to the point where like at times, I thought like, yo, is this supposed to be this hard? Like I had to unlearn everything I knew about relationships. I had to learn, unlearn manipulation and lying. I and feel like, personally attacked. I, <laughs> I thought he could read my mind. Like if he did something to me, I would be like, he knew that I didn't like that shit. Like he knew he's trying to play me. Like I would just do all of this stuff. I was trying to make him like go through the Olympics and prove to me that he loved me and just, just be crazy. And now I realize that like, once you unlearn everything that you were taught about love and start to teach yourself, 
you know, we starting to look at like what non-monogamy looks like, like ethical non-monogamy, like all of this stuff. It's very- I'm glad you said ethical. Yeah, I had to throw that because a lot of these niggas be just non-monogamous <laughs> on on accident. Right, nobody knows about it. <laughs> Only them. They know about it. and They do it nothing but lying. But um, just once you start to learn, then you are like attacked by the world. It's gonna be like outside forces once you start to strengthen your own love language and your own way of loving. Then you have to like fight against everybody else who's trying to project their own shit onto you. So everything I knew about love was all wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> and I'm in the process of trying to teach myself. You want to say hi? Hi. It's I my like friend Crystal. Say thank you. Thanks, <laughs> All right. So I find it, I kind of find it funny how. <laughs> um, you're like, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. <laughs> I find it funny how. Um, your analysis is spot on because I literally have been like, um, like just in everything new, I'm like, oh, I've seen this before. Like, you know what I'm saying? I keep saying I, I'm, I'm the 14 year old with the fuck love, trust nobody tattoo. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, I'm in love and I'm getting married and I'm in love with this other person because I'm ethically polyamorous and I'm in love with 14 other people and I love love, right? Um, but then like, as soon as somebody do something to me, I'm like, oh, you just like being canceled, don't you? <laughs> Instead of just allowing for people to be messy and like, you know, so thank you for the reminder. I'm gonna watch this and try to scrub the kids' voices from this video as well. <laughs> so thank you. Um, I saw y'all have a, like, it wasn't an origin story, but it was like a, a long IG video. Is it located somewhere else other than Instagram? Yeah. So for our relationship? Yeah. Y'all have like a video about the y'all's origin and like how many times y'all decided you, you, you was like, I'm not doing this shit no more. I'm moving. Right. And then y'all got back together or whatever. Like, What's the difference between knowing when it's real and then like just being having like that toxic or that trauma bond connection? What's the difference in your opinion? Um, I think you start to realize like how it's making you feel. Cause you could see like, you're, you know, you're so, you're loving someone and you get that like butterflies in your stomach when you see them. And that's not just to recognize those kinds of feelings as like chaotic, nervousness rather than the peace and comfort that I feel around my partner like I light up and smile whenever I see him because I feel myself like I feel like I can just be real I can keep it 100 and we actually can talk about anything like I don't feel like I need to sugarcoat I feel like I can ask him a question and I'll get an answer because with my exes, woo, like, why are you asking me that? Like, what do, what, what do you mean by that? You know, it would be a lot of, like, confrontation. And I'm now realizing that, like, it can transition into communication, healthy communication rather than confrontation. So I just can pull out red flags that lets me know that something is a trauma bond. And before I fall in love with this person or if I'm already in love with this person, I need to wean myself off of them. Also feeling personally attacked. Um, so there is that. No, this has been great. Um, I just received um, a notification from Roger Douglas, 
who would like for me to tell you that you are his favorite guest. And I kind of resent that because (laughs) you are almost episode number 50. And so I guess fuck everybody else that's come on the show. Um, So shout out to Roger Douglas. Um, Thank you you for that. So um, yeah, y'all's origin story is like pretty dope. And I think that that for you to be 23 years old and for you to be exploring yourself in that way and like having all this black feminist theory, I feel like a lot of us old heads are kind of like, I wish we had this when we were younger. What do you feel, if anything, like, do you feel like, you know, I'm 36. Do you feel like, I feel like I should be taking a break. I feel like I should be offering y'all resources. I feel like I should be just like in the background and letting y'all lead. Is there any sort of coalition building that we can do? Or is it just like old folks need to sit the fuck down? Um, I definitely think that like everything needs to be intergenerational. I have so much to learn. And like Joe Morgan is somebody that I really respect and look up to because I'm constantly like engaging with her work. And like I said, Ebony Noel Golden, like I never want to just be out here just all a bunch of young ass inexperienced people like no I think we should continue to build together and I think we could pass the mic back and forth I think that's what needs to happen I think that needs to be more embraced because like the people who don't like me the most is always like 45 plus (laughs) they just be like you need to put your clothes on and you need to stop all that cussing and I'd be like why like what is that gonna do? It's not gonna change anything. I can get my college degree tattooed right here and nobody's gonna care. So I might as well continue to be myself. So I would definitely like some uh, coalition building. I'm about to, that's what I'm committing myself to like um, really becoming a part of like an organization and find a community, especially on the ground in Atlanta. I feel like I've been on online for so long and I was shadow banned for like a year straight so I know the revolution is not on Instagram. Did they take care of that for you? Yeah, they took care of it. Okay. Like, I was about to say, don't make me write an email. I had to pivot my content. Like, I couldn't say certain words. I couldn't do certain things. I couldn't take certain pictures. So I was like, all right, like, is the revolution going to be on OnlyFans? Like, what? And then I found out they started kicking sex workers off the platform. And so that was really making me angry because, like, sex workers are building the platform. Like, we wouldn't know about no OnlyFans if it wasn't for sex workers. So just... I want to build in person and I want to see what's already going on, especially in Atlanta, because it's such a rich city for blackness. I would love to see what's going on and see how I could like, look, this is my Instagram account. I got these many followers. Like you come on here and and do what you've been doing and let's try to get more eyes and more support to what you're doing. And I think we can continue to do that instead of having, and everything be ego driven you want it to be self 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 I want the credit like it's not that's not gonna get us anywhere yeah building definitely I feel like you said a mouthful and I'm actually really appreciative so I would like to offer because it's something that like me even in my age I always look for I'm not offering mentorship because I'm actually a really fucked up individual what I'm offering, <laughs> ooh, child together. Uh, what I'm offering is like a space, like if you need a processor and like somebody's that's not gonna spread your business or like anything like that, I'm offering that. There was a girl from the internet. I don't know who tagged me in her post. I reached out to her and I was like, hey, I'm giving what was never given to me. I've had to earn my lumps and my bruises along the way. And of course that made me 
who I am today, but it would have been nice if someone could have pulled my coattail softly, sternly, lovingly, whatever, and just been like, have you considered X, Y, and Z? I ain't going to tell you what to do, but have you considered? So um, my inbox is always open. You have my cell phone number. Um, I would even like for you to be a regular guest. I mean, I just... I know you got your own shit, but maybe no, we no, could no. cross post and this, that, and the third. Yeah, because I think giving, I think a lot of times what you said about passing the mic, then I can use my platform to be like, this is your show. You invite whoever you want. <laughs> like, it's a special edition four times a year. I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, because I think a lot of the things you're talking about is right on trend with what I'm talking about. But then there's like this age difference, right? But it's, it's the mentality. I think that that's important. Also, something I wanted to tell you, just sidebar, about like bitches who be telling you to put your clothes back on. If I had the, like I've always been a very confident person. I have issues with like my stomach. Like it's not my friend. We still get in there to a place where if I get on top, I actually don't care if anybody who's underneath me dies, like whatever. I'm not there yet. I share the memes. I don't mean them. I'm like, when it comes down to it, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We gonna switch, we gonna switch, we gonna switch. But with that, I'll say, I see like your posts a lot of times and they inspire me. I just recently posted a self of my, uh, of a picture of myself in lingerie. And I would say that it, like, I feel like you inspired it. You was out here doing your Fenty shit. Bitch, I got mine from spicylingerie.com, 75% off. But, um. Yes, they have codes. They have codes. You text them and they have the codes. So, and it was real cute. It was like green. It had like eye, eyelash lace and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was out here on Beyonce's bandwidth. Like, you know what I'm saying? Titties all out. But I felt good. And I think that there's something to be said about like just teaching each other, like whatever we learned about like how we're supposed to present, how we're supposed to show up. Like, it's okay to do whatever the fuck you want to do. White people have been doing it forever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I just appreciate, like, the breath of fresh air you bring to an Instagram platform. Um, I think that a lot of what you post is actually really dope. And um, I wish you was on Facebook because that's where I'm at and I share it. But I'm gonna get maybe I just need to no, be more on Instagram. Because I think Facebook is definitely a platform. It's just so censored, like ridiculous. Instagram is owned by Facebook now, so I've, I'm seeing it more and more. But I've, I've changed my content. I'm, I'm pivoting a lot of stuff to my website now. So herafeminist.com, that's where I'm going to be the most. Tell popular. us about your website because you have this movie yes, that you dropped. just did. Just dropped, like literally dropping the site tomorrow so anyone who's on here like you could get a spin ahead of time here at feminist.com the film that i talk about mommy never told me that's co-directed by myself and my partner dante bailey who's at usc in grad school studying to be a filmmaker will continue to do filmmaking um we made this film together with my mother it's all about how black women and films are introduced to love and sex and you can stream it for free for a donation i just want everybody to engage with the work um but yeah my website just dropped and that's where I could just be myself and post the half news that I was posting on Instagram that like would get flagged I would have like a little just a little nipple not even too much and they would just be like this violates our community guidelines we're going to delete you if you do it again so can I tell you about the dick that I had in my hand <laughs> <laughs> that's how I should start all my stories right <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so Right. So basically, I was with my friend Samala. It was my birthday, my big Pisces energy birthday. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like an Aries rising. So 
everything I gotta do gotta be extra like you know so my birthday I was in Miami and um I was gifted temporarily a penicular appenditure so that way I could like do whatever I was gonna do with it Sam was like if you could fit it up there I'm gonna give it to you Mm -hmm. I was like I'm never doing this because that's how huge it was. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It was one of the ones that you stick on the wall. <laughs> so um, I was like, I'm not doing this to myself. I appreciate my walls and the support that they've given me thus far. I just can't do it. Um, oh, thank you so much. You want more ice cream? If you give me two minutes, I will make sure you have all the maple wanted, your heart desires, okay? Okay. So... <laughs> there's that wow win in the mom world you know you can't slam my computer shut though that that's cheating on the two minutes um so anyways so the penis that I had in my hand I decided to like you know double 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 fist it you know what I'm saying and I took it like this on Instagram I know that Instagram is owned by Facebook and I had like 400, 500 likes on it. And then all of a sudden it disappeared and they gave, yeah, they snatched, they disappeared <laughs> my content. And I was like, it's not even a real penis. It's, so it's not, they don't care. And so I wrote them an email because I have audacity. I do. And I wrote them an email and I tried to channel any sort of like the 11% Irish that hopped up on my 23andMe, you know, profile. I was like, I'd like to speak to a manager about my dick pic removal. And um, they wasn't trying to restore my shit. Um, so, yeah, like, what what do you do? Like, do you do you go to OnlyFans? Like, what like what? That's what I'm thinking about. Cause like you know, everyone now you know because the sex workers made it popular. Everyone's trying to co-op. You know, just go ahead and take it and just make their little OnlyFans or whatever. So I'm I'm kind of like, no, y'all not low. Like. Y'all gonna let the sex workers do all the work, offer no support, call niggas who support the sex workers, simps and everything, and now y'all wanna come over there and slowly transition your content. So I'm, I'm trying to think about it. Yeah, like think about which ways, because the only person I support on OnlyFans right now, I'm just gonna tell y'all. My bitch Sukiana could get it. Like I give her all the $20. I don't even look at the card no more. I just be like, she'd be like, for an extra tip, I'd be like, boom. <laughs> Yo, my goodness. I love Suki. I really do. I'm not with her OnlyFans, but I say when I get a little more coin, because, you know, COVID, I'm a little broke, but when I get a little more coin, I'm like Professor Gaia. Uh, like, that's my heart. Right. Definitely going to, uh, Glimmer's on Tyomi. Like, okay. Larissa M1, I think they on OnlyFans. Like, I'm okay. Like, Right. I heard that like all your content like belongs to them. And so then I worry about that, not just for sex workers, but for um for black femmes who don't even think about the risk that sex workers do go through, like you know what I'm saying? And they're just doing it because they're thinking easily accessible, you know, and money and, and all this other stuff. So there's a lot to consider. Um, I have considered doing OnlyFans only because um I've been doing sex ed a lot. 
but like on a one-on-one -on -one basis. But I was like, what would it look like if I held a free class for Black That's Femmes? What I was gonna do. Mine was going to be free too. Shut the fuck up. Okay, all right, all right. I see you out here, sis. So like, what does it look like? But I want to host it on OnlyFans because I really don't want people on Facebook. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would like to speak candidly about subjects and topics without being censored. And, you know, so it's just a very interesting platform that we're on. Yeah, whether it's Insta or Facebook, so. That's why I said, because I must move into a house. I'm like, look, y'all just come to my house. And we're going to do it at my house. <laughs> right, right. Get like back in the day, like my aunties, we going to have a little sex parties and, you know, passing around the catalog. Like, here are the dildos of the month. <laughs> Let's, you know, see which one you want to try. I got them in the back room. We're going to, you know, just like that. Because all of these platforms owned by these white men are just not it. Right. Then on TikTok, if you fat and a baby suit on TikTok, delete. They will delete. Come on, they did it to Lizzo so bad. It's not even funny. It's just crazy. It's, it's honestly sad. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you. I'm going to ask you one last question because the pandemonium here about like whether or not I gave them enough ice cream to hold them over for this episode is ridiculous, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> they would if we were home like we're visiting friends right now if we were home they would have already been in bed by now like mm -hmm. it's 8 37 that's 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 an it's no but it's a bed 8 30 every night not it's, it's a no go zone right now <laughs> like, like. <laughs> um there's a question i ask each and every one of my guests um, and that question is a two-front question because I'm actually a complicated bitch. Like I got way too much in my chart just to be asking some class questions. Yeah. So the first part of the question is, is there anything that you were surprised I didn't ask you or you're like, oh shit, now that like it's been an hour and a half, we've been on the phone chit-chatting, we've been talking all week, I forgot to tell this bitch this, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or I forgot to say this to her, her following, this, that, and the third, whatever. Or, and... Um, who would you like to see on the show? Not that you watch my show or anything, but who would you like to see on the show? Um, okay, so for the first question, I'm surprised that you didn't ask me. I'm glad that you didn't because every single conversation I have, somebody's asked me like what sex toy recommendations, all that kind of stuff, like all the time. Like I do that on my Instagram. Like I, I don't need to do that, you know, talking to you. Um, so that was like, Pleasantly surprising. You, you are pleasantly surprised. Look at me. I got two shots in a row. Okay. Right. Like, I feel like I try not to replicate. Right. I try not to replicate. I want to talk to you about things that like I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to see you talk to maybe like, you know, Ashley Chubby Bunny. I like to see her. No. Okay. Yeah. She is awesome. Maybe even who else do I like on the on the interwebs? Get out the refrigerator. Gaia, please, please talk to Gaia. Cause she she has been on like the Black Corn Matters movement for years now. Like Can you text me this person's name, both of them? Cause because like Professor Gaia definitely y'all have such okay. a great conversation. Like she is well, a thank you. sex worker and you just have such great questions and energy. And I think she's the right oh, person. Great energy. Yep. This top is from Target, okay? Yeah, like, it's crazy. Like, I love her voice. Like, she is one of my favorite, you know, back in the day, we'd be like adult film stars. Like, I used to watch her before I even 
engage with her. So okay. her, I'm like, yo, I, I've seen you like fully naked, like sucking dick. So like to talk to you as like a friend now is like, okay, yeah. You're like, and by passing that. Um, right. so. <laughs> but she's great. So her, what are you ordering? <laughs> right, right. But yes, I love her. And I think y'all have a great conversation. I'm gonna send you her actually right now. So okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I would like I'm to personally thank you. What happened? What'd you say? partners in the background, like I love her too. um I would like to personally thank you for saying yes because I really didn't bank on nobody like coming to the show and now we've recorded um been great I'm about to catch up on everything what we recorded a year's worth of content in two months it's wild like somebody needs to write about this time I don't know I don't know what the fuck is going on but I just want to say thank you because this has been so refreshing I always dread having conversations with people because (laughs) I'm um, nervous all the time. I'm, like, I'm so nervous. I never know what you know. This is great. <laughs> no, I'm, oh, thank you. So I appreciate y'all so much, um, Tasmin. I feel like this has been another great episode of the full set, and I feel like so full. I'm gonna go eat an edible and have a great evening. And I hope that you have an amazing evening. You was very good on set. You was like, I'm not taking a white claw with me. I'm just gonna drink this water. I don't know what kind of person Dee Dee is. I'm gonna and- go drink three, okay? Because <laughs> I want to buzz. all right Sib. i hope that you have a great evening and y'all have a good night peace you too